Hey there, faculty and students. This week, many of you probably saw the call go out for proposals related to medical extended reality or MedXR. And many of you like me were probably unfamiliar with that term. So this week, we'll be discussing this very item on the podcast and I'm joined today by our MedXR team. And I'm gonna ask them to introduce themselves before we jump into some questions. Maybe we will start with Patty. Hi, Trish. Hi, I'm Patty Lancelotti. I'm the Associate CIO of Academic Technology. I support campus solutions from everything from admissions to graduation. I support the IT help desk. And uh, most important, I support the instructional design and technology team that supports education like the independent learning modules, Blackboard, Oasis, Top Hat, and ExamSoft. Thank you, Patty, and welcome. Julie, would you like to go next? Sure. Uh, I'm Julie Lemoyne, and I'm a visiting scholar at UMass Medical at the Shriver Center. Uh, my PhD work is in the area of applied XR and health and well-being. And on next week, I will be an assistant professor at the university. Congratulations, and thank you for joining us. Dr. Fisher, would you like to go next? Terrific. Thanks, Trish. I'm Melissa Fisher. I'm a general internist here at UMass and associate dean for undergraduate medical education. Here in my role of ISIL's oversight and curriculum innovation, sponsoring this MedXR initiative. Thanks so much. And last but not least, Matt. Hi, Trish. I'm Matt Kersey. I am uh, an intern working with IT and ISIL specifically on this MedXR initiative. Uh, outside of UMass, I am a master's student at Columbia University, where I'm studying computer science with a specific focus on augmented and virtual reality. Very cool. Thank you and um, welcome. So I want to start with some basics. Julie, I'd like to direct this question to you um, because I did watch the video that is linked in the newsletter this week and I think um, you described this really well, but what exactly is XR? Can you explain it to our audience? Sure. So XR is sort of an overarching term that's being used to mean extended reality now so that you can put in that bin virtual reality, which is 100% immersive. You only, you put on a headset and you only see what the computer presents to you, as well as augmented reality, which is a type of reality that you overlay on the real world. So it's a see-through type of uh, augmented reality where you see uh, images and objects over on top of the real world. So the, there's other types, but that's that XR is that broad category. So you can put all those types of realities together. Got it. Can you describe what XR is in medicine? Um, and I think specific examples might help us conceptually here. Sure. Um, sure. So, so for example, um, when you think about, uh, today you can see put on a headset and actually see 3d imagery while you're looking at an object so if you're looking at a medical device it can give you information about how to use that medical device or you could look into the air and see a cadaver and go through the cadaver and go through the the circulatory system you could go through the nervous system and you can see it in midair or you could be using virtual reality which i said is 100 percent immersive and you could fly through the circulatory system or something like that so you can you can do this hyper detailing see things much bigger than you could see and the other great thing about uh the use in medicine is that it, it uh, you know for particularly for faculty and students when you create something in XR, it doesn't get tired. It, it presents the same material every single time, so you can use it over and over and over again, and you're going to get the same lessons, too. So it's, it's really innovative use of 3D gaming technology uh, through headsets, usually. 
certainly sounds innovative, and I there are so many applications coming oh, to yeah. mind. Um, I don't know if Dr. Fisher, if you wanted to comment on on that before we move on to the next question at all. Yeah, thanks, Trish. Just adding to what Julie said, she's talking a lot about what can be done globally, and I think they're fantastic examples. Here at UMass, we're really at the early stages. We have a fantastic partnership with our IT team and with this team here. And really what we're looking at is the fact that medicine and medical practice is changing and how our students learn is changing. And so we're looking at MedXR as a way to broaden engagement for learners really across locations and disciplines and professions. And even though this effort started uh, last year with a, with a prior intern before the pandemic, the need became even clearer as we rapidly transitioned to using technology in more medical practice and in more education. So, uh, you know, we really see that there are huge opportunities for us to continue to build. Great, thank you. Matt, question for you. What makes now the right time for this methodology? Yeah, I think on a world scale, this is a very exciting time for XR, um, specifically over the past five years and within the past year since uh, COVID started in particular. Uh, we've seen a lot of adoption on the part of both consumers and industry that has really pushed XR forward. Um, XR devices are becoming cheap and commonplace to the point where they're almost ubiquitous. Uh, the fact is, if you have a cell phone from the past five years, you have a device that's capable of XR. And we're seeing that get picked up by a, a lot of big players in the tech space um, who are kind of suggesting that it is a, a major part of the future for human-computer interaction and could also be a, a major part of the future for the way that we approach medicine. Thank you. And uh, Melissa, at UMass, the timing also seems right for the adoption of this kind of teaching and learning. Can you comment on that? Yeah, absolutely, Trish. So, you know, in the School of Medicine, many of the people listening to this podcast are, are interested in and involved in the curriculum revolution in which we are really changing all that we do, building on the experience of what has worked best and looking towards the future to say, where are we going? That's true across the other schools as well. Both the Graduate School of Nursing and Biomedical Science are, are constantly innovating. And we really think that XR here at UMass gives us endless opportunities to build a more diverse and inclusive learning environment because we can have more um, experiences where we have groups of interprofessional learners, perhaps in different locations, who are interacting you know, over space and time we can build those scenarios so that they involve members of our community, potential patients or potential you know, other uh, colleagues who we don't get to interact with regularly in our day to day and who it's hard for us to actually schedule that time with. Um, we're early in our work, but we're learning that we really need not be limited by the physical boundaries that have tied us down to date. Thank you. Um, Matt, a follow-up question. You started to comment on this with, with um, your reflection that anyone who has a smartphone is capable of engaging in extended reality. Can you talk a little bit about scalability? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that scalability is one of the major strong points of XR, um, both in terms of the, the number of users that can uh, experience the same thing, and also in terms of the complexity of those experiences. 
Um, as I was saying, uh, XR devices are becoming increasingly ubiquitous. So you're really limited only by the number of devices that you have. If you're building for something for a cell phone, then that's not really a limitation at, at all. And uh, as, as time goes by, we're seeing devices get cheaper and cheaper that are actually dedicated XR devices. Um, so that's, that's users. Uh, in terms of complexity of applications, this is the type of thing where you can build something and very easily add on to it. So if you have an application that works to teach someone something uh, and you want it to teach them something else, you could go in and modify it without much pain. Thank I wonder if I could just jump on to the end of Matt's statement there, Trish. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, one of the things that we built uh, is an interprofessional patient safety experience. And that was uh, an in-person experience that was in a mock patient room in iCells. And last year, our intern transformed it into a pilot for an immersive virtual reality experience, which would allow us to have the same interprofessional team, but in different places interacting there. And we're really hoping to keep building on that. So I think that gets a bit to what Matt was talking about, that you can, you can continue to tweak things a little bit based on your experience and continue to grow it and scale it in ways that really have some meaningful interactions for learning and for patient safety. Yeah, that example really does help me understand the concept a little bit better. I wanted to turn to you, Patty, in your CIO role. Um, how does this and this project in particular fit into the vision for IT more globally at UMass Medical School? Uh, Trish, in IT, we always want to push the boundaries with technology to support the education mission. We don't want technology to drive the solutions, but rather we want technology to provide the means to achieve the objectives. So we look to build strong understanding of the goals for teaching and learning, and then look to provide the technology solutions that meet those goals. It's really important in IT for us to partner with the faculty and the students for the common understanding and the vision, and how the information will enable the medical school strategy. So what we do, so what I think is in bringing medical um, extended reality into the curriculum now, I think it's really important and it's an exciting step to moving this vision forward for us. I agree, it's really exciting. Matt, a question for you as someone coming from um, another higher learning institution, um, what do you think it will take for UMass to build these experiences? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think that there are, there are a couple different aspects that you have to keep in mind when you're thinking of what's required for building something like this. Uh, from a te uh, technical perspective, I don't think that this is uh, something that's terribly complicated. Uh, there are a lot of really great solutions out there, free tools for building really great experiences. Um, what I think is more important is the needs surrounding that. So the willingness to um, on the part of the community to invest time and effort into coming up with ideas that will uh, make for great XR experiences. And then once you've come up with those ideas, uh, the willingness to follow through to continually evaluate and continually uh, make strides towards making those experiences better and making them more accessible. And uh, yeah, just continually improving them. Yeah, I love your 
comment about um, how one of the requirements for success really is community engagement and openness. And it really brings me to my next question, which I'd like to point to Julie. What is the role of faculty in this work? Yeah, sure. That's perfect right after that uh, previous question. So there's so many roles, but I'll just talk about two of them really quickly. So the first role is, uh, you know, virtual reality and augmented reality, they just don't show up and do something. The expertise that the faculty have in the areas that they feel should be uh, part of the education curriculum is really, really important. And so the expertise that they have on how to teach what should be taught and the can be brought together with a technologist or multiple technologists like Matt and other people that can then understand together as an interdisciplinary team, really, like, you know, the, the expert in the healthcare education with the technologist come together and create uh, innovation in, in education in that area. So that's one thing, their, their absolute expertise in what should and could be taught and, and in particular where additional uh, education you know, oomph can come from something like 3D and XR. Um, and the, uh, the other area is that they, you know, tied to what they know and how they can teach, but also the fact that you want to have multidisciplinary teaching too. So um, in the real world, healthcare isn't delivered by just a doctor or just a nurse. It's always multiple professionals. And so this type of technology can, can factor that in, but only with the faculty envisioning what would be so innovative to start pulling uh, multidisciplinary students together in order to uh, to learn and so that that role of the faculty understanding what should be taught and and moving us to the next level maybe of complexity that they haven't been able to do before um, this is the type of thing that VR are in, in the hands of a faculty on a team with a technologist that knows how to bring that vision together can really really make it wonderful yeah, that's great. Um, I want to pivot to the a, another um, segment of the community, and that's students. And all of our listeners of this podcast know that Dr. Fisher is really passionate about bringing students into um, educational planning and engagement. Do you want to comment on the potential role for students in this work, Melissa? Yes, thank you, Trish. Um, I want to first talk a little bit about the learning environment, because I'm not sure that we all think about this as part of our learning environment. But if the students see that they're part of an institution where the educators are really remaining not just open to, but exploring and pushing innovative ways to engage and teach, then I think that sets up a completely different environment for the students. Uh, and it really can help to encourage curiosity and this cultural inquiry that we are that we are hosting, you know, in our academic medical center. So I think that the learning environment is is one piece. In terms of students, I think about them in a couple different ways. I mean, our students on the most basic level are the only people in the institution who experience our curriculum fully, and we're really fortunate to have exceptional students who really want to partner with us in this. Uh, across the curriculum, whether we're talking about, you know, improvement in climate change curriculum or diversity or simulation uh, or this type of simulation, MedXR. So students are a critical part of this. I also want to think, though, about the broader community and the students who we interact with through other campuses in Worcester, uh, even at the high school level. So I think that this type of initiative gives us the opportunity to reach out even more directly to them 
And they may or may not be interested directly in a role of a healthcare provider, but this is a way to bring them into thinking about the healthcare system and all the different ways that they might be able to participate and contribute to a profession or, that really focuses on the health of our communities. So, so I see both our, our pilot programs, our programs with high school students and other college students and our own medical students as being really crucial to the full envisioning of this work. Great, that's, a, that's an excellent point about the health professions pipeline and how they might fit into this work. You started to comment on um, this culture of inquiry and I'm curious how you believe MedXR might help us to meet some of our other overarching institutional, um, educational, strategic goals like that, creating that culture of inquiry. Any comments on that? Yeah, thanks, Trish. I, you know, it, within the past couple of years, the institution has rolled out Impact 2025, right, which are educational uh, and institutional priorities. And, and I think that this MedXR program really fits in a couple of different places there. One of them is educational priorities. I mean, clearly there, we've said we want to be an institution that designs innovative educational programming, that facilitates interprofessional learning, um, that responds to workforce needs and trends, and to nurture this diverse and inclusive learning environment. You know, we've talked about, I think, all of those things in MedXR. In addition to investing in uh, next generation pedagogy, and clearly this is a methodology that can support that. But I do think it goes beyond our educational priorities also into areas of operational excellence. You know, Patty spoke to um, the, the role of IT and Providing innovative enterprise-wise technology solutions is one piece of our institutional strategic plan. And I, and I can't really think of anything that fits that better than MedXR. Thank you. I love that point about um, the potential to bridge uh, the educational and clinical systems with that idea around operational excellence, um, utilizing this technology. Patty, um, can you give us some practical details about this initiative? So sure, Trish. Um, so what we're looking to do is, um, you know, you, we did see the call for proposals out there. And what's really important to, to understand is that they, the faculty do not really need this MedXR uh, technology expertise. We'll partner with the faculty as a team and we'll bring that, um, that expertise forward, but we really need their subject matter expertise. That's really important here. So on Tuesday, uh, Dr. Fisher sent out that call for proposal for medical XI reality proposals. And there, as you mentioned earlier, there's a five minute video in there that's really worth watching. There's also a link within that email that talks about, um, it, it's, it's actually a survey that you can put the proposals in. And we ask that those surveys be uh, brought back to us by May 28th uh, at noontime. We'll look at those on a rolling basis and try to respond to each and every one within two weeks. And then what we'd like to do from there is depending on the scope of these projects, we'd actually like to start this work in early June and have some of these products available for use by our students by September. That's great. Well, I want to thank you guys for your time and sharing your knowledge about virtual and augmented reality with all of our listeners and the role that this is starting to play in medical education and specifically the possibilities here at UMass Medical School. For all the listeners, I want to refer to that call for proposals, again, that went out this week. Um, 
to guide MedXR development here. Um, and it also, that call, that proposal, a shortened version will appears in the newsletter that's going out today as well. And with that, we'll conclude this week's podcast. Thank you to our panelists and thank you so much to our listeners.